0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Thank you for listening to the JT and Looney podcast, episode 187, powered by our friends at Bet Online. And the NFL is heading towards the playoffs. There's still a lot of great prop bets in the NFL. Got college football, too, as we head towards bowl games, UFC, NHLs in full swing. NBA betting is fun, too. All the hoops betting action you can watch. College or pro? Head to Bet Online, get a fifty percent welcome bonus for being friends with JT and Looney. If you haven't signed up yet, that's what you get. Put down five hundred dollars; they'll give you two fifty. How
1: about that, Mister Fung? Bet Online,
0: where the game starts.
1: Welcome to the JT and Looney podcast, Thanksgiving edition. Happy birthday! Oh, don't bring that up. No one can. Well, yeah, your birthday is actually, lands,
0: it's it's the worst case scenario, lands on Thanksgiving. It's always on or around Thanksgiving, so people are always too busy <laughs> for your birthday. <laughs>
1: and uh, this year,
0: ground zero, right on Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, Day. it is uh, on the 60th anniversary of JFK's assassination. Yes. i yes, will so be right, watching a lot do. of documentaries, but before we get going, we're brought to you by Modelo. I'm Love actually going to have one. I'm one of the courageous hosts that actually supports the product. So let me have a sip here.
0: Well, day drinking.
1: Yeah, usually on Friday I reward myself with a bucket of Modellos, but on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, my schedule is kind of clear. Yeah, All right. <laughs> right. Your drink, on. your drinking schedule is clear. <laughs> you don't day drink. You only day. Well, it's good. I remember right. this with daylight savings. When it gets darker earlier, I'm assuming your uh, alcohol level just Sorry. goes up. A sure,
0: I, I, I could I could drink earlier when it gets darker. Sure, and then remember, I do have, even though I do have hard and fast rules like that. I, uh, uh, smart people change their minds mm-hmm. and, uh, and I do, you know, you, you've had some get togethers at your house in Vegas where the sun didn't go down till nine o'clock at night. So I would start at seven or eight. Yeah, Sometimes, and- you know, if the sun goes down too late or, you know, if you're in London, the sun's going down at 1030, you know, you know, got to start drinking earlier.
1: Oh, and we could do a documentary on your Port of years where the sun is right. out. And even though you have early dinner. Oh, on- yes there there's been some margaritas yes going yes, down yes. Too. you've um, actually
0: seen yeah, photo, photographic proof that uh, while on vacation i also bend the rules on food and
1: drink bend it like beckham so how'd well, you that's think- the
0: whole that's the whole point to physical fitness and staying alive a long time is don't eat like it's Thanksgiving. eat like it's a holiday unless it's a holiday and don't party like you're on vacation unless you're on vacation
1: you don't overextend yourself on Thanksgiving. I know that. You know. I just, I'm bringing this up because we always talk about radio. It always comes back to sports talk. I, this mm-hmm. is when some of those, some of those rookie sportscasters, when everybody wants to know to preview Monday night football with Kansas City and Philly, and they go around the horn for twenty minutes on cranberry sauce or not. What type? Oh of-
0: my God
1: we went through that garbage this week. It's happening probably right now, but you know, for Thanksgiving historically, my grandfather on my father's side was a chef and I've told this story before and his daughter-in-laws, my mom and my two aunts really didn't do much in the kitchen. He did it all until he got really old. And then he broke in my mom and my aunts and got them into the kitchen more and gave them his secrets. So, not only being a thanksgiving baby and this year on thanksgiving i grew up with an amazing memory because it was a birthday on thanksgiving with all my cousins who were always there always i mean mandatory stuff Mm -hmm. and the kitchen smelled unbelievable and my grandfather who was a chef an award-winning chef was cooking and cooking at an amazing level and then teaching everyone kind of like the handoff handing off to his daughter-in-laws on how to take over Thanksgiving, and we haven't missed a beat. My aunts and now my cousins who are taking over Thanksgiving, they have the same stuffing recipe, which is incredible.
0: Wow, I love that. Same
1: turkey recipe, so Thanksgiving was always really strong in my life, no doubt about that.
0: Same here, and and sometimes one grand, you know, they would organize the grandparents where uh, Grandpa Looney, would uh w- the loonies as my mother always called my uh her mother her in-laws would yeah. have something at one time and coordinate it with my uh gra- my mom's uh, duran like my, my uh my mom's parents uh, on the other side and i did have a grandfather he was the one cutting the turkey my grandfather did the turkey on my mom's side here's another thing that sometimes people project you hear people talking about that drunk uncle every funny disc jockey And funny talk show hosts or those who think they're funny talk about that. And I didn't I didn't have that. I didn't have drunk people at my Thanksgiving dinners or my Easter dinners. And uh, we had lots of family there. And I didn't know family gossip. I was very lucky. I had kind Catholic manners, uh, relatives all the way around. And if there was an aunt who didn't like an uncle uh, or an in-law, I never knew. And that's I didn't have. Yeah, I didn't have any of that when people talk about drama and family get togethers and and drunk uncles. uh, That's completely foreign to me.
1: Here's a secret I never brought out. If you look at all my cousins and I have a lot of cousins and we're all mandatory together for the right reasons. If you go from the time that we were in between, because in New York growing up as a kid, you were allowed to drink before you were 16. Now it's a federal time. Now it's a federal crime. You know, they I cl-
0: cl- call family services. Yeah, yeah, back when I
1: grew up, you could have beers in the woods when you were 15 yep. and 16. Yep. But if you go through my sisters, my cousins, and you put us in between an area when we were the youngest were 15, 16, the oldest were 20, 21. The big secret is the night before Thanksgiving in Long Island, New York. And I don't want to hear about any other place other than Long Island. I'll forget about upstate. I don't want to hear California. I don't want to hear Chicago. Long Island was famous for the biggest drinking night of the year was the night before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So everybody came back from college or everyone in high school. So you want to talk about a hangover that people had on Thanksgiving day. Because oh yeah. The night before in Long Island was the biggest night of the year, including 4th of July. So everybody would go out to the local bars and all that. And, Uh, A lot of us had to get that second wake-up call on Thanksgiving. Oh yeah,
0: and uh, when well, we also grew up in New York State, where and and it was a rust upstate New York was a rust belt uh, area for for you know for decades where you know bars were in a panic, and because because when a city used to be sixty thousand, then it was forty thousand. You don't have as much business as you used to, so they suspended a drinking age. It was like I grew up in Europe, in Elmira. (laughs) There was no drinking age, and each high school class kind of had their own bar, and we went from the homestead when we were juniors to pub and grub when we were seniors, and it was yeah, it was interesting that way And that um, there was a lot of uh, going out and having a good time the night before. They, before Friendsgiving was a name, it was just a thing that happened organically with uh, my circle of friends on Wednesday night, too.
1: And then our whole lives football took over on Thanksgiving. And another dirty little secret is they've had the lions on our entire <laughs> life. The lions always suck. This <laughs> is on dirty. So they were, ne- they were never good. And people thought, oh, well, they, they play on thanks. No, they were, they were terrible. Even some of the Barry Sanders years, Barry Sanders has a new documentary out. It's all over the place. Watch it, watch it. That's one of the things we'll talk about mm-hmm. on this okay. edition of the podcast. Go watch it. You'll, it'll, it'll blow you away. What you didn't know but the lions always had thanksgiving and that always sucked in my opinion because in the middle of the day because i grew up on the east coast that was on in the middle of the day now i c- c- could catch it earlier we're out west but it was a bad game the lions would lose it was never entertaining the cowboys played on thanksgiving we had some memorable that moments. was
0: always good that was always good yeah. but so- you know, the the lions thing too you it was your you had two camp two, two of your biggest campaigns the entire time I was with you on the radio for over a decade was to get Rush into the hall of fame and get the lions off television.
1: <laughs> I, I accomplished one of it. I got rushed into the rock and roll hall of fame. Yeah, and to get the out. lions
0: off TV on Thanksgiving was your other.
1: And now the lions are eight and two and have an opportunity to go nine and two, which they will. I don't think they'll have a problem with green That's Bay. Great. This is an interesting chase as we're going to get to our picks here at the end of the podcast. Cause we want you to subscribe and listen longer so our revenue base will go up. So then someday Looney and I will be invited to Joe Rogan's house. We yes. Be, now with the fly on the wall and Dana Carvey and David uh, Spade. we're close. We, we feel like we're getting there. But Thanksgiving, they give us three games. The one game varies, but you're definitely going to have Dallas. You're going to have Detroit in one. This year, they give us this Aaron Rodgers scam. They give us a Black Friday game with the worst team in the sport the New York Jets, because when Aaron Rodgers signed with the Jets, they gave him every fucking Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and now Black Friday game because they thought Aaron Rodgers would be on primetime TV six or seven times this year. Yep. blew out his Achilles first four plays of the year, or did he not? Our conspiracy theory, and it isn't a JFK oh, yeah. one, maybe he didn't blow out his Achilles because now he's yep. claiming Coming back, what do you stand on that?
0: I've well, I've got more than one text that. Uh, wow, look
1: at that! Doesn't
0: it? That sounds like Elmira in the nineteen eighties, doesn't it? <laughs> it? Sounds like my my mother's phone on the wall. That's why I have that uh, that ringer because I can never hear the other one. I, that one catches my attention because it reminds me of my youth. Yeah, I'm getting texts from people about Aaron Rodgers. May have made, you know, once you get caught in a line such a public way, then everyone thinks everything you say. That, that, that goes to show it. it's a lesson for the children. Is that once you get a reputation, especially as a liar or somebody who shaves the corner off the truth, then anything that has something simple like an injury, people think you're lying about it. Something tells me he wouldn't have gotten away with it because there are so many other people. There are so many other people who would have corrected the record.
1: Yeah. Well, the Jets will do anything he says. Robert Sala is going to get fired because he stuck it out with Zach Wilson when he easily could have said and listened to moi. That would be me. The second Aaron Rodgers went down, I said, go get Carson Wentz. I like Carson Wentz more than other quarterbacks, but go. don't get Joe Flacco. I don't want to get you going on Joe Flacco. <laughs> but there were plenty of quarterbacks that they could have gotten. They decided we're going to go down in flames with Zach Wilson, hoping Aaron Rodgers comes back. So that's your Black Friday game. And we're coming off Monday Night Football, which was tremendous between Philadelphia. Down 17-7 at Kansas City, came back and won. And won that game behind Jalen Hurts. I think that's the biggest victory of the year. And there's, there's been some big ones. San yeah. Francisco went in at Jacksonville. Surprise, they blew them out. You can go through the list of great wins this year. But, wow, how about the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City? Do you know Kansas City has the dead last record in football? They're 32 out of 32 in second-half points. Oh, it's happened?
0: it's it's really, yeah, there, there's something going on there. Yeah, and they, yeah, it's the receivers not catching balls. And the overemphasis on that, you know, I think they thought that maybe he could do Patrick Mahomes could do what Peyton Manning could do mm-hmm. and Tom Brady could do. It looks like maybe Patrick Mahomes can't do that is turn any receiver into a star receiver. We only know Austin Colley's name <laughs> because Peyton Manning put the ball right on his hands. And same thing with Tom Brady and anybody that ever played there. Seems to me like uh, even with Patrick Mahomes putting them on their
1: hands, they can't catch him. So
0: they're getting the wrong receivers, and he can't do what they could do.
1: They've had more. They've had a lot of drops this year. Yeah, they have. I, I talked about it all week. Because I'm going to see Patrick Mahomes Sunday. Chiefs are in town to take on the Raiders, so I'll see Patrick Mahomes live. He's three and zero since the Raiders moved to Vegas at a league. Are he
0: and his brother Jackson coming over from Silver Oak, or you're only going to see him in the game?
1: I'm going to see him at the game. We're going to watch okay. All, right. all right. I'll be at the game working on Sunday. But I like the Raiders in this oh, game. It's do-or-die game. But I'm not going to get to that because I can't pick them in any of the games. But here's our choices for Thursday, Thanksgiving. We have Green Bay, Detroit, Washington, Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle. I'll start with Green Bay, Detroit. Uh, the number's big. It's seven in the hook, as I like to say. And the penny now knows what all this means. Yes. Uh, it's, fi- <laughs> it's minus seven and a half. That's a big number. Green yep. Bay Green Bay just beat the Chargers. I know you saw that as newsboy on your late local news. That's the right. The Chargers lost again. Hey, Green Bay historically has owned Detroit, but Detroit can't screw this up, Tom. If they win, they go to 9-2. and two. They stay ahead of the Niners for the two-seed in the NFC, and Detroit ain't winning in San Francisco in the playoffs. They need that game at home. They need San Francisco coming to Detroit. I think Detroit wins that numbers a little bit too big at seven and a half, but I'm going to give it to Detroit, Detroit, 28, Green Bay, 20, Detroit wins and they cover the spread.
0: Detroit can win anywhere. Detroit can go into San Francisco and win, but it's much better of course, to play at home. And I think it was Mark Twain who first said this, any divisional game where you're getting over a touchdown, always take the points, but, Uh, not in this case, because the Detroit Lions are doing whatever they have to do uh, to win football games. That's, I know that sounds like a cliche, but if they've got to run, they can run it. What I mean is literally if they got to pass, if they got to if they got to keep you from scoring, if they got to do a goal line stand. This is a well coached team. that is when I say doing what they have to do. I mean, in very specific ways, if they got to run, they can do it. If they got a pass, they can do it. Jared Goff has been playing amazing. So uh, Lions win this, and they cover. Packers stink.
1: Good. All right. We have two covers on that. Dallas-Washington at Jerry's World. The line opened up, Dallas minus 9.5. It's 12.5 now. You talked about division rivals take the points. Well, Washington's not at home. They're on the road here. Dallas just murders teams by 20 or more when they stink. The yep. problem is Dallas can't beat anybody good. You know, the 49ers, look at the games right. that they lost this year.
0: Cowboys are bum slayers. Yep.
1: And I think the Cowboys are starting to read their press clippings. Remember, that's my Super Bowl pick. JT the brick in the third person pick Dallas to win the Super Bowl. I'll uh-huh. stay with that because I don't change my mind. Dallas wins. They don't cover. Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are going to get let go because Magic Johnson's tweeting about him. Have you seen that side story? (laughs) He's he's a minority owner. Just watch Magic Johnson on Sunday now. Whenever there's a turnover, he's yelling at the team he owns. I can promise you, and I like those guys. I like them a lot, Rivera and Jack Del Rio, I know. Uh, I think Dallas wins. They don't cover the spread. I have Dallas winning 28 to 21 dallas wins but washington covers
0: Uh, and that's probably a smart pick on your point because as i said divisional games get more than a touchdown you know the the wise guys who do this in vegas say almost always you know take the points teams don't play as well on thanksgiving day but i'm gonna break that rule again and uh and go with the dallas cowboys on a whim here because they've been just playing so well at home and playing so well against bad teams and And Dak Prescott gets talked about way too much. And guess what? He still handles all the noise. And the Cowboys have always played great on Thanksgiving Day in all of our lives from Thanksgiving on. They've actually done quite well, especially in the Tom Landry years, didn't they? Always after from Thanksgiving on, they've played legendary, the Cowboys and uh, back in the day. And the Redskins always had incredible, incredible uh Thanksgiving Day games if you go back in the hot tub time machine Roger Staubach goes down and a guy named Clint Longley that no one ever heard of can comes in and throws two touchdown passes in uh, his first two passes uh, on Thanksgiving Day. So there's legendary games going all the way back. You know, I completely left out any 70s memories when we were on the year, all those years together, because I was so paranoid about my age. I never told one 70s story or sometimes I'd make a 70s reference and actually say long before our time, because I know I'm still paranoid, but not as paranoid now as I was then. Cowboys win it. You always give a score like you're the amazing Kreskin. OK, so I'll do that. 40, 20 Cowboys winning cover.
1: Nice cowboy history, Skip. Good job there. <laughs> Let's finally move on to the late game. San Francisco, Seattle. Just when I believed in Brock Purdy, he lost three in a row. And yep. just when I was questioning Brock Purdy. He comes back. He had a perfect quarterback rating. Only yeah. Joe Montana's ever had that in the history of the franchise. Not even Steve Young and Jeff Garcia and John Brody had a perfect quarterback rating. Brock Purdy did. Uh, this game's in Seattle. Uh, Gino. Is probably going to play uh, and he's questionable, but Gino's going to go in this game because he has to. Uh, Pete Carroll's good in this spot. He's good You're in right. this spot. Pete Carroll seven. is excited. It's seven. We're going to play it at seven. Uh, Sanford, that's a big number in a rivalry game. There's been great games in this rivalry. Gino's been a career backup who's been pretty good as a starter. Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevant, but now is turning into a very good player. Dare I say an MVP candidate Yeah. If he continues to play this way. I think this game is going to come down to the wire. I think Seattle will cover. I got San Francisco winning this game 24 to 20. 49ers win, but they do not cover the spread.
0: And that's probably a good way to go for this reason as well, because they haven't had many days to recover from their car accident on Sunday uh teams that play on thursday man these guys are sore they're barely ready to go the next sunday or monday right and so you have to keep the the games are going to be closer on thanksgiving day many times because these guys are walking wounded on thursday and they're barely ready to go on sundays uh everyone's always hurt especially at this point of the season you have to add that factor in plus that it's thursday that it's a good it's a good spot to take the Seahawks and the points. Cause again, again, it's over a touchdown divisional game. Take the Seahawks and the
1: points. I say to the Seahawks, and
0: this is my upset special.
1: Seahawks win outright 21, 20. Wow. That would be interesting. Well, you're not going to take away all the thunder on my birthday podcast. Okay. Uh, giants at home, uh, Liberty DeVito or Danny DeVito, uh, the oh. DeVito kid won his first game and he played pretty well with three touchdowns in that game. They play new England, Uh, Bill Belichick on his way out. Could be the next head coach of the Chargers or the Commanders, and I'm dead serious on that. Uh, Giant fans are freaking freaking out because they're screwing up their high draft pick. Giants are good at this. Like games they don't need to win, they decide to win. Right, yeah. I I thought I needed glasses, and for whatever reason, I don't wear glasses. New England opened up minus five and a half. It's down to three. Uh, Game is at MetLife. Belichick on his way out the door. Giants fighting for their coach. This is my upset special. <laughs> G-men, outright at home, Giants win 21-17. That's my upset special. Oh, yeah,
0: the only reason they're playing this game is because it's on the schedule. Uh, other than that, it's uh, it's, it's I can't believe you are going to this game to pick. This is a tough game to pick because both teams are playing so poorly. The Patriots have only scored over twenty points once this season. The legendary Patriots, and no matter what. Bill Belichick's genius isn't working, which is why he's more likely to go to the Chargers than he would to the Redskins. So at least a good quarterback can make him look like he's smart again. And defense is the problem with the Chargers, obviously. And I, I, I would say, uh, the giants will win because they're getting points here. I'm calling it to be 24, 24 tie.
1: <laughs>
0: with the giants winning with the points.
1: Oh, then we'll find out who has the tiebreaker when it comes to <laughs> the draft pick for quarterback. Oh, boy. What I'm fascinated about watching, I just finished Albert Brooks, Defending My Life. Oh, I saw it. The documentary, uh, again, it might be out of our demographic for some. So, right you know, he right was, he, oh, Absolutely, but guess what? You'll laugh through the whole thing, even if you watch it with somebody who's never heard of him. What I love about Albert Brooks is I grew up in his wheelhouse. When he was in his movies, I didn't know him as a comedian, but I remember... You know, watching shows that were around, the variety shows from Flip Wilson, yep. all the other shows that were around when I was a very young boy. And Albert Brooks, I didn't realize how he was an avant-garde, unique comedian. He was doing comedy, stand-up comedy that was more like art. He was like coming into your TV. He was doing things that I've never seen before until I watched the documentary again. He's got a famous brother. He's got a famous mom. He's got a famous dad. Yes, and I didn't realize how important he was in the world of stand-up comedy and the comedian worlds. from Larry David to Chris Rock to David Letterman. They all put him on the Mount Rushmore. They, I they, they
0: all held him. In, these other guys that we knew, these other guys that we liked who were funny and hosts, etc., cetera, held him and hold him in such esteem. And that's what it's what pulls you in if you're not familiar with that much of his work and the old stuff of all his work. And being that we're radio guys, that his dad was a famous radio star back when that meant something. and He made a lot of money. And his, his best, dad was
1: a. Yeah. His best friend, uh, Albert Brooks, who's Rob Reiner yeah. who made the movie. He directed the movie. And Rob Reiner and Albert Brooks are real best friends.
0: Yeah, they grew up to, and they're best friends. They went to the same school because their dads were both show business dads and lived in the same neighborhood.
1: How about that? How about that high school class?
0: The high school class was just packed with either one famous person or another or the son or daughter of one famous person or another. Yeah, that that's going to high school in Hollywood. Sometimes Uh, that happens. And I saw Rob Lowe the other day on on Howard Stern and he was talking about living down the street from Emilio Estevez and and uh, and Charlie Shane. And and but his dad was his dad was like a blue collar guy. You know, those guys are getting Porsches. For, for their 16th birthday and he had a toyota but it was so it was interesting here about hearing about his humble roots and growing up in a show business high school in malibu etc but the, uh, yeah albert brooks uh was incredible and yeah you're right he was um uh he was the type of comedian that was kind of fringy for a lot of people but you know the people like johnny carson and david letterman people of that superstar trusted him to come on their television shows with material he hadn't worked on before. And 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 comedy, you know, they work on they go to clubs and work on stuff over and over and over and over. They work it out. They work what they call workshop. They were work, he he wouldn't work he would workshop stuff on Carson. Carson. That's how good he was
1: Carson thought of him as one of his Mount Rushmore. I mean Rickles is the yeah. greatest guy ever on a couch to right. come up shows and there's been other great ones, but Albert Brooks is in that mount rushmore of greatest guest ever on carson no one to ruin it for a lot of people who didn't see it but david letterman said he wishes he had the career of albert brooks i almost fell out of yeah i know i saw that well they
0: both had those quirky brains i see where that happens oh but this is something that's not going to ruin it when albert brooks was a teenager uh carl reiner who wrote the dick van dyke show is a legend of the 50s and 60s rob reiner's father was on the tonight show and carson asked him who he thought was funny and he said well the funniest person i know is my son's teenage friend (laughs) he was talking about albert brooks so it was just a a friend of his son and he was talking at the time it was albert brooks who he thought was the funniest person he knew was a teenage boy named Albert, whose name his real name is albert einstein and so he had to change it so he could be you know so his name wasn't funny and so he could concentrate on the fact that he was and Obviously, his parents have a quirky sense of humor. <laughs> I, it's just, uh, but anyway, it's just very, very good, whether you're familiar with his work or
1: not. The fact that he was the secret star on The Simpsons. He played right. multiple characters on The Simpsons, yeah. which most people yeah. didn't know. His first ever movie was Taxi Driver with De Niro. Right, favorite, that was my, I forgot yeah, about that. My favorite movie he did was Broadcast News. I thought that was incredible. And then so many other movies that I'm going to go back and watch Defending Your Life that I watched as a kid, Modern Romance. Everybody talks about that. He was in Private Benjamin. I'm looking at some of the movies here now, and he was just in Concussion with Will Smith. All of these legendary movies and very good movies. And one of his biggest roles... He played the dad to nemo and finding nemo how much money did he make for that movie right which had an impact on every kid of that generation i mean this this documentary was really good tom because i like a mensch i like someone who brings people together from chef yep. Gordon to andrew ashwood who he talked about i believe i have some of those traits i try to at least when yes, you, you do when you can be around that many people and we care more about famous people i don't i care more about my friends and famous right. people but albert brooks was friends with so many people and he was the most famous of all the friends
0: right, yes, so was like right. He was in the
1: room with all these guys and they looked up to him and he was late to get married he didn't get he was like the ultimate bachelor with warren Beatty. and then right. finally decided to get married and he had kids late in life i just think it's a good feel-good documentary about a life that i wouldn't have known about unless i watched the documentary And I tell people this, I'm really into sports documentaries, and I watch a lot of documentaries. When they're done well, like Beckham was great. It was good because it was done so well. Big budget. They did it the right way. This wasn't a big budget. This was Rob Reiner talking to his best friend. But the way they went back in his life and looked ahead and all that, I I thought it was telling my best friend, Jimmy B, who made a good documentary, really good documentary recently, that when you look at a documentary, the first 10 minutes are everything. If it doesn't grab you, like a movie, a
0: good
1: good movie, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to pay and I'm going to go two and a half hours. But a documentary's got to grab you. And a lot of them are cheap, and they follow the same fucking format. I was born in this. I was born in this tenement. I was born at, at seven years old. This happened to me. And they follow the same format of beginning, middle, and end. This one, I just think, was well done.
0: I saw another one, too, where the trailer might be too good. Sometimes trailers are bad and they give away the ending. This, But even if you just watch the trailer, because this sounds so California to everybody. But it's really important. And this is going to be the wave of the future. So you can you can say you heard it from me first. Yeah. This is on Amazon Prime. It's called Earthing. And uh, and it also might be one of the reasons why you've never had a headache and be, and why you don't. What was the other thing you just said tonight that you weren't sure what it was? But nevertheless uh um, oh, i've never had heart oh, i've never had
1: heartburn
0: yeah uh, heart and you've never worn glasses and yes. maybe because you've, you've done a lot of earthing that's spending time in your bare feet uh because we are as carl sagan always said and neil deGrasse tyson reminds us we're made of star stuff the universe is made up of the same things as we are we are made we are the same and, and the the dirt and the ground of the earth has all the same minerals that we do we are all one and the, and one of the things that shoes takes away from and, and fancy shoes and all the nikes we wear and everything uh it, it takes a little bit away from our health in the way that no matter what's wrong with us from a headache to a heart attack to uh, alzheimer's and anything that happens anything that happens to us from the smallest thing to, to the biggest thing it's all inflammation and when we walk around in our bare feet For just 20 or 30 minutes a day, it reduces inflammation because we get the minerals back from the earth through Mm -hmm. our feet. And um, and it's got you know, it's got it's this is this is science and it's got it's peer review stuff that's really exploding now in the in the medical community. And I, I know you'll be interested in it. And even if you just so if it's the first, fifth, like you said, first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you get it. I got it. And then it's got a lot of case studies and it's got how great it is for special needs kids. And it's much easier to teach special needs kids if they're running around their bare feet in the grass. And it's, and I've been doing it too for trying to do it every, you know, I have to, I got to walk this Husky. There's a baseball field. I walk around the, on the warning track of the baseball field where the Husky runs around in my bare and I run around on my bare feet. And it's really incredibly good for you to spend time in your bare feet and i know this sounds very california but no it's now being backed up by peer-reviewed studies and i know that you'll really like it and i'm saying you jt and you the listener earthing it's called yes yeah. yeah gotta Obviously be careful scorpion,
1: be scorpion. <laughs> okay all right <laughs> i went to formula one i went to formula one oh. and i want to give everybody a review
0: you're not going to bitch was- about everything <laughs>
1: No, I'm not going to complain about Formula 1. It was the biggest thing I've ever been to in sports. Whoa! Wow. say it again. I've been to over 20 Super Bowls. I've been to Final Fours, national championships, college football championship games. NASCAR you, Daytona 500. Daytona 500 many times. I've been to the World Series. There's, I've done many things. You've been ringside None. about 50 to 100 championship fights. Over 100 championship fights I've okay. been. Nothing was as big as this now i'm not saying it was better okay let me clarify this it was big so vegas has been torn up for the last year as they're building the united states headquarters of f1 they built the thing called the paddock on a piece of dirt behind the old hard rock hotel which is now virgin in an area that's never been developed what's fascinating about vegas is you could still not on the strip but around vegas you could still drive around and see 30 acres, right. 40 acres of dirt. Well, F1 built the paddock, which is where the pits are, the electronic pits, and then over it, three stories of hospitality, dining rooms, restaurants, bars, but really high-tech stuff because F1 is much more high-tech than NASCAR. So they built that. And then they start shutting down the Strip months ago to repave it. And they really had to re-earth it and repave the Strip. We're not talking about the, the block behind the strip. We're talking the famous Las Vegas Boulevard. And that put a lot of people and made a lot of people upset because there's a lot of people that work on the strip. They right. clean your rooms. They're your bartenders. They're your valets. So everybody was pretty pissed off about it. And then it finally happened and it came and it was magnificent. Some of the crowds were small. It definitely had some mistakes. Well, the first night of practice, they raced only for seven minutes because they didn't secure a drainage top, like a manhole cover type thing for wow. a drain. It went flying off, damaged a Ferrari, penalized the Ferrari. Big storyline. So everyone said, oh, my God, this is going to be a nightmare. It was anything but that. Max Verstappen, who won, who's Dutch, won his 18th race. That's the equivalent. I would, that would be like someone winning seven or eight, nine Wimbledons in a row. Mm. What this guy did is incredible. So he's, he's not the greatest of all time yet, but he's on pace to do it. But what I wanted to share with everybody was hospitality. When you go to the Super Bowl, there's one stadium, one. So it could be in Miami, Vegas, New Orleans. And then there's one tent outside where they have a, a tailgate before the game. And it's VIP. You get a credential. There's a band. You get some shrimp and some cookies. This was 10 times bigger. There were 12 of those tents all around Las Vegas, around the track. You had the Bellagio fountains that had their own VIP area. Everything was free. Now, if you paid for the tickets, which were expensive, everything was comp. So Friday night, I went to this area, three levels tent, lobster, swordfish pasta champagne the highest end wine all you can drink everything and it was only about 20 percent capacity so a lot of people didn't show up because the races started later at night practices started at midnight because it all catered to the european time zone because every no one cares about it here but everybody in europe did so i just want to tell you from going to it uh, my treat next year i'm bringing you Okay. you're gonna walk in, you're gonna walk in and be blown away on the service, the hospitality. They'll change it. They'll make a lower end ticket, a cheaper ticket so more fans can go. But bravo to F one, the opening ceremonies, the fireworks at the end, the actual race, and how Vegas came together to build one of the most fascinating immersive experiences I've ever been to in sports. and who won? Max Verstappen, okay. he's Dutch, he's dominant. No one beats him. The season's over. There's one more race left in Abu Dhabi. He clinched the season title months ago. He never loses. And what's interesting about the race, my buddy John Butler called it, Verstappen was seated second. You know, they have qualifying, and he came in mm-hmm. second. My buddy said the race is going to be won before the first curve, and he was right. On the first turn, Verstappen, who is so aggressive, notched over the Ferrari, kind of bumped into it, got a five-second penalty, but got ahead. And once he got ahead, it was over. Because his car is so... He's from Red Bull Racing. There's Ferrari. There's McLaren. There's Mercedes. And Red Bull Racing is beyond dominant. And F1 fans know what I'm talking about. I'm not claiming to be a snoity F1 fan. But I just wanted to tell you, we got the Super Bowl coming up here in February. Super Bowl is going to be great in Vegas. But F1... That's an experience of a lifetime, and I highly recommend our viewers and listeners come out in the next couple of years and see it.
0: When I was a little boy growing up in the 607, we had Watkins Glen, which is a Formula One track, and there was a local sportscaster named Tom Colson. He always ate at the Howard Johnson's on Sundays. Every other Sunday, my mom would, uh, one of us would go spend time with our grandparents, and the other one would spend all day with mom. And after church, we'd go to the Howard Johnson. We could sit on these stools. You could spin around. I'd get a cheeseburger. And one of the other guys sitting there was Tom Colson, who was a local sports guy, and he was always nice to this mother who was there with her boys, which would be my mom and my brother and I, and gave us a lot of attention and one time gave us tickets to go to Watkins Glen, just gave them to us because he had perks. As uh, as a local sportscaster. And we went and we, I got to see Jackie Stewart race. Jackie Stewart was leading the entire race, legendary Formula One driver, maybe one of the greatest ever. He went on to be a great commentator at ABC over the years. Then he had an oil leak and he lost. And one of his friends, one of his best friends, died at the Watkins Glen track. And so he retired after that happened. So I had the Jackie Stewart connection through Watkins Glen. And I know there's nothing excites you more than another Watkins Glen story <laughs> that I've got. Well, well, you have nascar formula One. Oh, the, the arnold, palmer arnold palmer story, story.
1: Oh, oh my god that... quickly, the arnold palmer story quick oh it's terrific uh because
0: i was so small nobody famous ever came to elmira and and arnold palmer came to elmira one week after winning the bob hope desert classic the most, classic, the most famous golfer in the world on top of his game and so amiable and fun he was a northeastern guy Came to Elmira to play in a, a to, just a fun little uh, exhibition, and I got to meet him. Uh, followed him around for 18 holes. At the end of 18 holes, I asked him for his glove, and he gave me his glove. I asked him on the ninth hole. He said, what am I going to golf with, kid? So I asked him on the 18th hole, and he gave it to me. And so then I had a new favorite sport and a new favorite athlete, Arnold Palmer. And then after that, he never won another golf tournament again for the
1: rest of his life.
0: And that is my he own is story.
1: His love and never won again. Yeah, and, and he won the week awesome. before. <laughs> Unbelievable. So we wish God. all of our viewers and listeners a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Tom, have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. We'll podcast again whenever the time is right. And we ask everybody to subscribe and share. And all of our other platforms, but this is a big one for us. We love talking to this group of people who have been with yeah. us. So share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, uh, share it on YouTube. However you share, share it during Thanksgiving. And thanks for joining us on the JT and Looney podcast.
0: And Max Verstappen, one thing, you will never be Fernando Alonso. Thank you for listening to all 38 minutes and 38 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast brought to us by our brought to you by our friends at Modelo and Bet Online where the game starts.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.